All right, this is it. Now you all know me, so I'm gonna say this as simply as I can. If it's our time to die, it's our time. All I ask is if we have to give our lives, you listen to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast before we do. And there was much rejoicing. Welcome, Rewinders, and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your mutinous XO and mine, Paul, the Master Interrupter Powers. Welcome back, Captain. We missed you. (laughs) Also, for this discussion of the film, The Matrix Revolutions, we uh, welcome back aboard the tactics officer of the pod, Kitos Ruiz. Thank you, Francisco. Thank you, Paul. Glad to be back. Very glad to have you back uh, to join us again for uh, the last Matrix. I think you're going to be our hat trick. You've been in every single Matrix episode, so good on (laughs) you. Yes. And then we also, in addition to Kitos, we have our clergy officer of the pod, Dallas Mora. Welcome, Dallas. What's going on, man? What's going on with you? Glad to have you back since you helped review the first Matrix movie, right? Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. I'm like, I'm like, but he wasn't on the last one. Oh, yeah. You mean just of these two? Indeed. It is glad to have you back, Dallas. It is good to have you back, I should say. And now that you have a not-so-quick flyby of who we all are, Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for The Matrix Revolutions? All right. Tron was released July 9th, 1982. Tron? Yeah, Tron enters a computerized world and fights for the users. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's this movie. This is The Matrix Revolutions, not Tron, not Tron Legacy, not... Something else. It's where he fights. Revolution, didn't he? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. All right. Which one is this? Resurrections? Revolutions. Oh, Revolutions. All right. The Matrix Revolutions, if you want to cover that one, is October 27th in the year 2003. It runs nine minutes over the two-hour mark and is rated R. It was directed and written by the Wachowski brothers, or whoever they're going by now, and the lead stars being Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fisher, and Carrie Ann Moss. With Lawrence music Fish of- Burn, not Lawrence Fisher. Oh, the, him too. And uh, he made a cameo in there. And the music was composed by Don Davis. Are you ready for the uh, box office trivia? I am ready. Uh, Kizos, are you ready? I am ready. Dallas? Let's go. All right. All and... Right. Uh, Everyone watching live, feel free to join in as well. Go for it, Paul. Matrix Revolutions was made for around 110 to 150 million dollars and earned over 425 million dollars at the box office. Ooh. Well, given this and the fact that it was released theatrically in the year 2003, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the other movies released in 2003? We'll go for the top 50. Well, I will say, if I recall the last uh, episode, last box office, uh, Lord of the Rings Return of the King got number one, Matrix Revolution, or Matrix Reload got number three, Finding Nemo got number two. So it's not in the top three, I know that much. Spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) It is in the top Uh, 50, though. I'm trying to help out our guests. So, uh, Kitos, what's your your guess? Let's see. I would guess uh, maybe slot number 10. Slot number 10? All right. How about you, Dallas? I'm going to go 20. 20. Ooh, wave down there. Uh, I am going to guess... I'm going to price this right, Kizos, and say nine. Oh! You <laughs> <laughs> went the other way. Oh, wait. No, not, no, not there yet. Oh, my gosh, Paul. And uh, let's see. In chat, we have several guesses. Uh, people watching live uh, say uh, Cardinal, who is on our uh, Reloaded episode, he guesses two. Which, not sure why, but okay, two. Uh, Cellcast guesses six. 
Oh, he changed it? Oh, oh to four. Okay. Uh, Silcast guesses uh, six. Neko guesses 27. All right. Uh, Paul, what was the actual placement in the box office for Matrix Revolutions? All right. Nathan also suggested five, and oh, that's Nathan? our Bobo came in at 42. 42 of course. He's lucky he guessed that because he's totally wrong. It was number eight, which number the captain eight. wins again. Yes. Oh, two well. for two. <laughs> Sorry, Kitos. <laughs> no, Kitos, you almost had it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh well he always waits till everybody else answers theirs yeah that doesn't mean i'm always right hashtag cheater oh my gosh i don't cheat (laughs) oh my well thank you for those factoids paul and let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind melt or subsequent roundtable discussion which we will get into once alice has located our target film alert alert approaching target spoilers are coming Establishing analysis Six hours ago, I was ready to give anything for you. Do you know what's changed in the last six hours? Nothing. You are really ready to die for this man. You don't think you're coming back? I'm scared, Trent. So am I. If she has to, she'll kill every one of us. She's in love. Believe it. Everything that has a beginning... Rated R starts Wednesday, November 5th. Everything that has a beginning has an end, even if it's our memories. They had an expiry date, I'm sure. Something like that. And let's see how much we ended up remembering, given that their expiry date of 2003. Agent Smith goes into the real world like people go into the Matrix. Neo attempts to board a train that exists between the real world and the Matrix and realizes he doesn't have a ticket to ride. Wow. And he's not okay, especially after he gets his butt kicked again. Machines want Neo to stop Agent Smith, but they also send machines to invade and obliterate Zion because machine logic? Neo and Trinity head to the machine city by themselves while everyone else defends Zion. Trinity dies and Neo and Smith have a anime final boss fight in the rain neo sacrifices himself and all of the sun the humans and machines play nice Uh, agent smith went into the real world in the previous movie not this movie oh dun 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 so totally decepted yeah our memories were so so flawed because of that one <laughs> but based on those memories, what rating did they lead you to predict before rewatching this film? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Uh, I'm going to start with Dallas this time. What was your prediction for The Matrix Revolutions? Uh, I gave it a nostalgic. Nostalgic? Uh, how about for you, Kitos? Uh, I gave it a nostalgic as well. Nostalgic as well. Uh, Paul? I really liked the Matrix movies when they first came out, and I haven't seen these in a while. But instead of rating it a classic, like I predicted the Reloaded one, mm-hmm. I remember not liking it as much, so I also predicted Nostalgic. Oh, okay. Nostalgic. Do I remember but, right, uh, Paul and Kitos, that we all, the four of us, and I think maybe Paul's wife, too, watched this in the theater together? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's so cool. True, yeah. Or three of us, I should say. Four with uh, Paul's wife. Yeah, but I will also say I have not yet decided on a final rating. I'm stuck between two. So depending Whoa. on how this podcast goes, will de- help determine my final rating. Okay, well, I guess we'll find out. I predicted classic. I've always liked these sequels. I've never, I, I can't ever remember watching them and not liking them. So I predicted classic for this time. <clears throat> but it'll be interesting to see if those predictions pan out. Uh, but uh, for now, let's get into our discussion. Let's boot up, dial in, enter into our like section for The Matrix Revolutions. It's time for our best three or best two in this case. Let's begin with uh, Kitos this time. What is your what's one thing you liked about The Matrix Revolutions? Uh, something that I actually really enjoyed was the actor playing Bane. 
mm. when he's oh yeah imitating uh smith in the real world he does such a good oh, job my gosh yes that i i couldn't i couldn't believe i wasn't looking at uh what's his name hugo weaving hugo right? weaving yeah yeah it, it was it was just so spot on and the way he he talked about you know his um you know look through my eyes right yeah. look, yes. look past the flesh and everything and you yeah. like i could feel it i could see agent smith it was absolutely crazy. Um, it was so, so good but, that was the same act oh, oh really? really is that close amazing that was the same actor so like, that's oh, cool wow. they gave him the opportunity to do that but like it wasn't until this last viewing keto so i was like oh my god that's a different person actually yeah <laughs> right yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Played no. by uh, ian bliss was the name of the actor that played bane he had everything right except i i wish he'd spoke slower he spoke a little uh, too fast for agent smith i was like did you watch he this had, at 2x speed paul no, <laughs> no that would have been worse but um i i yeah i wish that they could half it um because his his he didn't chew the scenery for lack of a better word okay. as much as like really taking it <laughs> slow mm -hmm. and getting there that's fair. maybe maybe he didn't adjust to the real world yet because the yeah. matrix has to deal with cpu cycles so it can That's only so. move so fast oh maybe he was hopped up on energy drinks or something yeah oh my gosh guys um Okay, that's that's totally fair, Kizos. Uh Yeah, and I I agree. I thought he did an amazing performance as uh, a, uh, a Agent Smith, and aka L. Hugo Ron Weaving. Wannabe. Yeah, uh, yeah, an Elrond wannabe. Paul, geez, I was there. <laughs> I was there again. I was there when it happened. Um, Dallas, what's something you liked about not the Lord of the Rings, but the Matrix Revolutions? Um, I really liked actually Hugo Weaving. And okay. <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Just the 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 character Smith, but Hugo Weaving also, and then obviously the guy who played Bane. Um, the the diatribes the character goes on, and the way that's executed, I think Hugo does a great great job. I think he tells us right. Uh, the guy who played Bane was a little too fast. No, that was Paul that said that. But yeah, yeah, Paul said that. Yeah, but the diatribes, the talking through stuff, the making people go, like, because even when he's given his diatribe, he has a way of making you go. Wait, is he right? Like. Oh yeah, right in the situation because you're trying to follow the path. Yeah, such these logical arguments, like yeah, yeah. He's more entertaining than the architect was. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness, um, yeah, I I totally agree, guys. Hugo Weaving was fantastic. Uh, Paul were was I think Hugo Weaving was your like from last from yeah. Reloaded. Uh, yeah. Did he carry on to be your like in this uh, this film? I did like him. He didn't have as many, um, his dialogue was a little less than this. Um, maybe mm -hmm. that's because it was portrayed by Bane a little bit more. Oh, but, yeah, So yeah. it didn't quite make my like list. One thing mm -hmm. that really stood out to me in this watch was Morpheus's suit of when he was in the, it was like purple underneath and, and like a coat over it. He that's funny. Really sharp I, I noticed his suit more too. Like I could tell his, his tie and reloaded had a yeah. very matrix look to it. Like is yeah. like a, like a pattern that looked matrix E and this one is more solid green, but there's still a pattern and, and texture to it. Yeah. I, I noticed that a lot more in Morpheus yeah, as well. I, I don't usually <laughs> notice costumes as much, but that stood out. I was like, that's yeah, yeah. really well done. Like, yeah, totally. But, um, on wardrobe now. <laughs> yeah. I was wondering, I wonder if I look good in that. <laughs> Do it, Paul. That'd but be amazing. I, I, I don't think I could pull it off like Lawrence Fishburne could. Fair. Uh, so that was your like though, the, was it just, uh, yeah, Morpheus's well, I costume also, or like, all the costumes also, in general? Um, unlike Kethos from Reloaded, I I enjoyed the dynamic between uh, Morpheus and um, Niobe and uh, General Lock. Grumpy Pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just because it, it added an extra dynamic, just seeing how they reacted to one another, I think it, it helped boost the story and made it more interesting to me. Right, yeah. that's no, it, it's actually interesting because I agree with you in this movie, Paul. I oh, think it actually okay. does do better in yeah. this specific movie. Not okay, so, so much in Reloaded. Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. Fascinating. Yeah, that is very cool. Uh, for me, something that I liked was I felt like Don Davis's score gets better with each of these movies. Oh, 
I feel like this is definitely the culmination of an amazing score, especially at the, in the last final battle. It's just so good. And so I, I, certainly in the first one, they leaned more on uh, like, like Rob Zombie and, and Prodigy yeah. and other music, like actual like heavy metal music stuff. The yeah. There's none here or the previous yeah. movie. Yeah, exactly. And so I just, the way he ramps it up, I, I really appreciate it and feel like he, it, it just gets better and better with each with each film, which is the way it, I feel like it should be. More of a score than the first one. The first one, oh, yeah, oh yeah, exactly. And in music videos, yeah. this was yeah. like mm -hmm. we're actually yeah. creating something here. Exactly, absolutely. Which I'm not gonna lie, the first one really jacked up me with when I was making videos at first. Oh. So I'm sort of going, I need to do like these these rock songs and stuff like this for my videos. And uh, just kind of as I'm matured as making videos, I'm like, no, I need a. It's a score. We need to create mm -hmm. a feel and atmosphere. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the score for it, me is ten to one. So it's funny um, that you mentioned that, Francisco, because uh -huh. that's that's a funny trivia about it. Um, that the like Matrix sound and everything, they actually up the key every movie oh, to, nice. to make it feel like you're ascending. Oh, I think I read that. Yes. Yeah. You mean sort of the dun, dun. No, not that part. Yeah, or just yeah, yeah, the, yeah. That beginning, like horns and stuff. Yeah, uh -huh. Th that's cool. Yeah. I wonder. Yeah. I wonder if someone, like on YouTube, you can hear it back to back to back, just so you could see the progression. Mm -hmm. Like if someone's put a cut of that together, but probably, yeah. Everything's on YouTube, <laughs> or, or or Rumble or Library. I mean, there's alternative platforms to YouTube. I, I'm not going to get all on that course. I'm not going to rage against you... the machine right here. Why don't you um, just say YouTube a couple more times to pick up on their <laughs> algorithms? <laughs> all right. So we've all gone over the things we liked about Matrix Revolutions, but what did we love the most? How did this culmination to the Matrix trilogy really uh, appeal to us the most? Let's start with Paul. Uh, the special effects in this is just blew me away. I remember mm. back at the time, just, especially like the fighting on the, what do they call it? The dock with the entrance. There's oh, so yes. many machines and at the speed that they're going, there's so mm. many layers. Yeah. It's surprising to me that it didn't win uh best special effects. I mean, uh, Lord of the Rings, Return of the King won. Yeah. But uh, to me, uh, this was, was better. Maybe it's because yeah. there was, like I said, so many layers and compared to like, you know, fantasy world fighting, I don't know that may, that may have been a little more fake in my eyes, but mm -hmm. just mm -hmm. like it, I, I was just blown away um by the special effects especially I, in the battle scenes so i'm gonna i'm gonna piggyback off that for my uh, uh classic maker because the hammer and going trying to get to zion and then the zion battle is just such a great thrilling ride i mean just that whole sequence is just so intense mm -hmm. and, yeah. and visceral and driving and i just get there get there get there oh it's just opening oh you're almost there and i just and then and uh, yeah, the APUs just fighting and and uh, kid trying to like kick in the ammo into Mafuni's um, uh, thing and then him picking mm -hmm. it up and like okay just just squeeze the trigger gently and he, he goes and I just I just oh, I thought it was so great I just thought that whole sequence was fantastic I, the special effects like you were saying Paul were fantastic yeah. um, just I, I'm surprised they held up as well as they did yeah uh, that I, I was yeah I was very pleasantly surprised at that so that was my classic maker uh dallas what was the thing you love the most about revolutions well now i gotta pick something else because you got <laughs> <laughs> uh, just the effects of that that fight scene especially when those the swarm of the sentinels came yeah. yes mm -hmm. well, like when he was shooting at the swarm and there was like this build up of pressure before they yeah 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 exciting it was awesome uh mm -hmm. so i gotta choose something else i'm gonna go okay it wasn't my top tier but it was up there I actually like some of the, the the stuff with the kid and the captain. Oh and, yes! Uh, oh yeah, me too. Yes. The, just the interaction mm -hmm. with him, the because um, really it's reminiscent of like what you saw take place with like you know the Great Wars where yeah. you had these sixteen year olds who were like I'm going to join and they're like you can't kid and they're like the enemy doesn't care how old I am I'm here yeah. to fight. Yeah, that's a great yeah. line. Oh my yeah. goodness. Yeah. Absolutely. And so you have this, like, the, you see the captain, like, he really has, he grows to respect the kid. As a kid, sure. I don't think he's actively trying to impress him, but he's like, mm -hmm. I really am here to do what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. I appreciated that that growth of the kid, especially when you, when you, I know you guys in the last episode, you guys talked about the uh, the animated short, The Kid. Yes. From mm -hmm. The Matrix, where he, he frees himself. And he's, uh, in that world, 
he was kind of a lone loser. You know, nobody really cared about him. He was in the background. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, Neo frees him, uh, or not frees him, but kind of opens his eyes to free himself. Exactly. Which exactly. is an anomaly in of itself. Mm-hmm. And um, hit the and um, so seeing him that transformation of that was his story arc from this loser kid to this I'm here to fight down to the point where he's the one that really he's the one that opened the doors for the hammer to make it in to fire off mm-hmm. the MP. and those final words yep. of, of Neo I believe before he does it that's what he says right as he jumps off the building to free himself and so that's oh. his whole driving force is like I really be- I believe in yep. this mm-hmm. Neil was mm-hmm. not just a person it was a cause as a whole yeah your classic maker of matrix rev- resolutions is the animatrix <laughs> <laughs> so it's the whole thing like the exactly paul, yeah. and everything oh the and also the special story. effects you took from me paul all right yeah. all right fair enough uh did we take your classic maker and all of that ketos no um but no. i mean mine runs right alongside your guys's i like it was so hard to choose a classic maker for this one. <laughs> yeah. There was so much goodness in this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I guess really the one that speaks the most to me, right, is just mm-hmm. that end section where Neo and Trinity are going to the Machine City, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. yes, and yes. he 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 destroys all the incoming missiles, but he knows mm-hmm. it's not enough, so they have to figure something else out. And yes. so they launch all the way into the sky and they actually see what the you know the honestly what, what the heavens the look like. Sun. Yeah. yeah, exactly. That's such a beautiful and, picture. Yeah. And yeah, and then and then they go back in knowing they have to finish everything. Yeah. You know, and and then Neo has to go alone. It's just I the whole section i i was just so enamored with and then mm-hmm. the the machine city itself like the visuals of it all yes. and everything and the speaker I, I i don't know what to call it but whatever that thing is the it's, machine it's called like, deus ex machina which i don't think okay. that's a great name for it because no. what that means yeah. but that is the name yeah. of it yes yeah. yeah but yeah that thing was very cool i remember mm-hmm. like getting shivers watching that in the oh, theaters wow. but yeah, i nice. still get shivers watching it now kind of spiky oh. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> kind of spiky, yes. Just a yes. bit, Paul. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. No, I awesome. that whole end part, I was just so it was hard to just look away from the screen. Mm-hmm. It was so good. You should see Absolutely. Trinity. It's so beautiful. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. Wow. This thing oh. is great. Yeah. I mean, and there was oh, you know what? I, I will say, Jesus, there was so much good because there's something else I forgot I liked. Yeah. Stunning mm. and brave. Each what? week, Chris Cowan of the Babylon Bee and Nate Henderson of some boring budgeting job confess their privilege, <laughs> spotlight stunning social media posts, and fabricate outrage, all while keeping you super woke and enlightened. Enlightened. They will make you laugh. That's right. You have no choice. Check out Stunning and Brave at stunningandbrave.net. Yeah, choice is an illusion. But what does that have to do with Matrix Revolutions? Well, th- Paul, it's it was the visuals were stunning, mm. and Neo and Trinity were very brave to go it alone. All right, fine. <laughs> yeah, sure, we'll go with that. Okay. <laughs> All right, fine. Here's some trivia. Okay, that's not that's yeah, not that's as a weak a connection with Matrix Re- Revolutions. Okay. Did you all realize that the late Gloria Foster, who played the original uh, Oracle in Matrix and Matrix Reloaded, and her replacement, Mary Alice, had played sisters in a long-running Broadway play, something which uh, casting director Mally Finn remembered when she was looking at uh, around for a replacement for Foster? Oh, that's cool. I didn't realize oh, yeah. that. To answer yeah, your I didn't question. Know. <laughs> that wasn't my question, though, Paul. You my, asked, did you realize? No, okay, all I right. But I guess that was an implied question. Oh, but my, okay. my trivial question to you guys is, if any of the leads of the Matrix movies, so we'll we'll keep them to Keanu Reeves, Carrie Ann Ma- Moss, Lawrence Fishburne, and Hugo Weaving, if any of those four had died somewhere between movies... Carrie Moss who, died twice. Who, not, the, the actual actress died. Oh, <laughs> Who'd you think would have been a good replacement for them? So you can pick any of those four to Will replace. Will Smith to replace Trinity. No. Um, <laughs> oh, are you wow. saying that because Will Smith was the original pick for Neo back yeah, in the Matrix? Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. But honestly, 
I think he would have been a good replacement. I don't, I'm trying to picture the time as for Morpheus. Mm-hmm. Like if, if, if they had done like some sort of backstory where his shell got changed or whatever, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that would have been interesting. Maybe. So if Will Smith replaced uh, Morpheus, Lawrence Fishburne for Morpheus. Yeah. Okay. Although I do like Curtis Cowboy, but uh, you know. I don't know that, who that is. That watch Pee Wee's Playhouse, and you'll see Lawrence Fishburne play Curtis the uh, Cowboy. Oh, oh, that's right, that's right, that's right. Uh, Neko says Sean Connery for who, which one? Though it is funny that you mentioned Sean Connery, Neko, because I was reading that Sean Connery was the original uh, who they wanted for the architect, but apparently he he read the script and didn't understand what was going on, oh. so he said no. <laughs> that would have um, been cool. That would have been cool. I agree. Uh, yeah. Dallas, who would you replace? Uh, well, since as we brought out in this. Um, podcast already um hugo weaving's um character mr smith was played really well by somebody else in the film in the endless yeah <laughs> i would guess that guy oh interesting okay <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> it really did mess me up as a kid I'm like it's the same actor and then when to, yes like yesterday when i rewatched it, I was like it's not the same person <laughs> <laughs> that's funny uh and how about you Kitos? Wow, uh, this is actually kind of a tough one. Well, yeah. Uh, I would replace... <laughs> I would replace... Okay, here we go. I would replace Hugo Weaving with Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> because, you know, he's trying to kill all the humans. Oh, Come on, do it! Kill me now! <laughs> Now Not Robert the... Patrick, the T-1000, <laughs> but Arnold Schwarzenegger. All right, that's, that's yeah. grand. I, you know, along that kind of similar, I, I would think it would be funny to replace um, Lawrence Fishburne with Jim Gaffigan. <laughs> Who's you've you mentioned that name. Who is that again? I don't know why. I can't he's like the whitest of white. He's a comedian. Oh, okay. Hot wow. pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Okay. I don't get it, but okay. That's funny. Oh, goodness. So there is your trivial question, Paul. All right. Great trivia, Francisco. Do you Thank have you. a replacement in mind? Uh, I I think it would be kind of interesting if you replaced um, Keanu Reeves with uh, Ben Stiller. I think that would be an interesting replacement. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just thinking Zoolander in The Matrix. Like, <laughs> I was thinking more Globo Gym owner from Dodgeball, but sure, we go with that. Oh, no. No, no. I, no never mind. I cancel that. Cancel that. Apparently, we're all replacing Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, we hope you don't die anytime soon. Um, Hugo Weaving, I'd replace with Tim Curry. I think that'd be pretty epic. Oh, that would be interesting. Wow. That would be good. Would yeah. What do you turned... mean, Matrix? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that would have turned the Matrix from uh, you know an action movie to a horror movie. <laughs> oh yeah, real quick. Yeah. A pretty a pretty rocky horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> for that. Let's leave it alone and go on to our memories. <laughs> And as our you, our awesome rewinders had had left us for the Matrix Revolutions. So Matthew Cosby says, uh, "Remember liking it much more than the second time." Sorry, Matthew. He says, "Remember liking it much more the second time than I did the first, like the first time watching it." I think. Yeah, and not the movie it, but the movie Matrix Revolution. Don't okay. worry, I got a clue, Paul. Okay. David Garner says, my dad accidentally put the French language track on. So why, Mr. Anderson, why became pourquoi, Monsieur Anderson, pourquoi? <laughs> A line we still quote. Would you say that's legendary? Uh, 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 <laughs> Peter Pan and the Dark Pirates, if, Dark Waters? No, if, sorry. If if you are getting this joke, this running gag we're getting, Please uh, let us know on Discord or Facebook or, or Twitter. I'm curious who is getting this joke right now. Um, no one, just, Mr. Anderson. No one. Oh, my gosh. And then the Dapper Man says, never seen it, never been interested. What? What? Uh, what would not be interested? Well, anyway. Well, you know what? Maybe there's reasons not to be interested in this movie, and we're going to talk about those possibilities in our uh, dislike section, which Alice is going to boot up right now. Four, four, or worse, too. And let's begin with Kitos this time. What's something you just really disliked about 
uh, Matrix Revolutions. Okay. The, the one thing that one of the things that bothered me, right, was mm-hmm. when the machines are in the in the dock and actually killing everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, they they fly in like patterns and stuff yes. and they don't just like immediately Galaga. kill everyone. Like yeah. there's no efficiency in what they're That's doing. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, they could have easily sense. have taken that dock once they once that initial push actually got through. Yeah, uh, if they then, spread out evenly from each other, like machine like, like a net over an attack. That makes yes. much more sense than, I a, know. than yeah. a tube kind of thing where we yeah, have fight, yeah. yeah exactly. concentrate all your fire on that starship. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I will, I will say that. Being in that sort of form allows it for if you just shoot one, like let's say they were all spread out, like one machine per person. It'd be easier for that one person to take out that one machine pretty easily uh, in the APU units, I should say, um, as opposed to a swarm of them coming at you in this big tube thing. But it's also easier to hit the big tube thing than just one erratically moving toward you. It makes sense if they were all going after like a core, like a like headquarter spot where well, like, did, okay, they, you want. We're trying every- to take out the middle part, that light source at the beginning, which once they did that, though, I think exactly. yeah, it doesn't exactly. make sense to continue that. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. Yeah, that's a, a, absolutely valid. Uh, that's why you're the tactics officer. Yeah, exactly. You program yeah. the Matrix Sentinels to do a better job next time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Um, I am the uh, architect. Wow. Uh, <laughs> Dallas, what's something you didn't enjoy? Um, this is patty-ish, but I didn't enjoy the fact that the movie can't stand on its own. Like, you have uh, to have watched Revolutions or uh, Reloaded, reloaded. To, to get into this at all. That's mm-hmm. and point. Like, you start off, I mean, really, it was one movie. They just cut into two pieces, which I mm-hmm. get that. That's a thing. Um, but it is. I mean, it is a. it is not a standalone it is completely and utterly reliant on you have seeing minimum reloaded. Right. What stories, what trilogies do you feel like the third one does stand on its own? Because I think Superman like Return, 3. Return of the King doesn't stand on its own without seeing the, the other two. And, um, I'm not, no, I'm just giving an example. You I'm not what? assuming In, you like it. Indiana Jones. That well, one. See, okay. Uh, All right. When the story is a continuation, it's not an episodic trilogy. Oh, it's a serialized trilogy. It, yeah, <laughs> making it more hard. <laughs> Name a third part that doesn't fit. Example one, two, three. No, besides those. <laughs> it's a legitimate question. This is a serialized trilogy, not an episodic one. So you have to be apples and to apples. So Toy Story 3? I don't know. I haven't seen Toy Story 3, so I don't well, know. Well, there you go. Aha. Moving on. Went in that argument. All right. Okay. But that's, you know what? For you, uh, Dallas, if that's something that you would have liked to have seen stand on its own, stand on its own more, maybe more of a, just its own arc, as in addition to being part of this greater arc, I, I can get that. It's an arc, but it's like it needed to be able to have a definite open and close that I could go, I can go six months and go, hey, let's watch the third movie and go, yeah, all right, let's watch the third movie. Yeah. Not me sitting there for the first 20 minutes going, what the crap happened in the last movie? Cause okay, let me ask you this. When was the last time you watched Reloaded? Um, Last year. Okay. So, and when was the last time, actually, when was the last time you watched this? Right before this podcast. Um, I would say, okay, I don't know. I, I, I feel like it, it's enough. They give you enough of a lead-in, but that's... If you I'm, watch the no, trailer only, ahead of time, you're good to go. <laughs> I am only the captain of the pod. I do not speak for everyone. So, yeah. if it was if it was not a good, if it did not start well for you, fair, totally fair. And Nathan Marchand is right. Star Trek Beyond stand on, stands on its own. That's a third. Isn't Star Trek's uh, episodic? Yeah. What about so Austin this is, That's Powers. not the point. Austin Powers Goldfinger. That's, I haven't seen it. I don't know. Well, there you go. Now you can't, you can't, you can't all the ones you can't argue Fine, whatever, guys. Paul, what's something you don't like? Well, because this is serialized, unfortunately, um, Matrix Revolutions, like Reloaded, continues not to make sense. <laughs> um, why Neo's mind is in both worlds. I mean, why can't he figure out how to get out of the train station? Just go through the code. 
That's like, a different program, Paul. It's like, exactly, it's like but he, he can knows, see the code. No, no, he no, no, can no. get out of it. No, he it it's doesn't like he, make through. Go through the code that keeps him there. Paul, listen. It's like he is perfect. He's the the prodigy, the 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 savant of C But this code is ran in Visual Basic, so he doesn't know what to do with it. He can't. No, he can't, he can't it, parse oh, it. it's still code. Whether it's C plus or Java, he could still fly right through it. One is one is object oriented. The other is not. It's functional. All right, fine. So you can't it's vector it versus <laughs> yeah. Fine. Either way, it doesn't make sense to me. All right. All right. Tell us what this, the sequel is and you with the code. Does it make sense to you that he's stuck yes, in this Yes, it does make sense to me. It that's makes perfect in the sense. Matri- These are based on computer programs within the Matrix. Yes, but he isn't familiar with, he's familiar with the Matrix computer program, not all computer programs. Yes, but this is within the Matrix because the train man and the French guy are all within the Matrix. It's not. No, the train is a separate thing. There's the Matrix, there's the real world, and the train is the interlink between the two. Yeah, the train is a USB device sitting outside the computer. Oh, he's in a dongle. Okay, so how can his brain be in a dongle and in the real world and knowing? Yeah. Where's that train go to? The Matrix. It goes through the USB wire to the to the, the computer. Actually, that's a good point because they were sending Sati to... Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. How does the know, program no, I... that the... The, this program, the, the train guy, build this construct oh. if it's a dongle. It's a program. No, no, no. I think I think what the I'm not I don't think I'm answering your question, Paul, but to Dallas's question. So the matrix is where all the humans sort of exist. And there are some programs that are needed to be there. But if you're not a program needed to be there to help the humans exist so that they can be batteries, then they're not you're not supposed to be there. But Saudi and where are they supposed to be? Was a, ch- a child that wasn't needed in the machines, like sort of construct, or I don't know why these machines are humanized, but the operating okay, system, I guess. Yeah, the, the GUI for the, the machine world is operating, and they had a child, two of them, so they sent their child into the humans' matrix world to exist. And I'm having a hard Through time through the train. <laughs> Neo's there at the, where the Frenchman is, which is in the Matrix. Right. Yes, which is that's true. The same world that Sati's in. Right. Yes. It's the same world where Oracle lives, where they took Sati yes. out of the Matrix to go into. No, they no. didn't take her out of the Matrix. They took her from the machine world into yeah. the Matrix. It's not exactly. the machine world. The machine world is the real world. So there's no, an in-between there's, machine there, world. No, no, no. There, there's so like there's, another level. Yeah, yeah, there's like hardware and there's software. And then there's yeah, a firmware. There's hardware. lots of different layers no. to it. No. Yeah. <laughs> Clear as mud, I think. Let's yeah. go to my just like How about that guy. That's all. That's my point. It's not. It's clear as mud. All That's right. what I didn't All right. like. All right, fair. <laughs> Something that is very, uh, very just so shallow, but um, I don't, I don't know how. What if it is? I don't think it was my uh, the particular screen I was looking at because it happened on different screens also. But especially when Neo was in the train station, it looked like his, like, you can see I have, like, a 5 o'clock shadow now, those of you watching live. Like, there's a little, like, darkening around, you know, where I'd have a beard. I swear what Neo has for that, it might as well have been he had, like, leftover paint, like, green paint on his cheek. It was so weird looking. It looked like he... I, I maybe oh, I didn't notice I, that. I saw this on two different screens, so I don't think it was right. that. Um, maybe you're both just self conscious just... about your own five o'clock shadow, <laughs> but his stands out more. Is my green, guys? Is it green for Christmas? Yeah, oh my gosh, guys. So that was something I didn't like. I know it's very, very picky, and it may just be the resolutions I was looking on, but yeah, it looks overly green. His five o'clock shadow, like his face was painted. Well, that's part of his self-image that they described in the first Matrix. Yeah. Which doesn't make sense. Why didn't he turn into the Hulk? Like, if you can change (laughs) your self-image, like, why be that the whole time? I suppose if anyone could do it, he could. I don't know. He likes the way he looks, Paul. Well, he must like his green five o'clock shadow. (laughs) I don't know what to tell you. Uh, Legitimately a side structure of of the color grading. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Anyway, color grain or not, what did we hate most about Matrix Revolutions? Let's start with Dallas. Um, 
Uh, you know, uh, this is gonna be difficult because there's a lot of good stuff to it. Mm-hmm. Really? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> there's a lot of good stuff to it. There's a lot of slow things to it though, also. But um, my main thing is um, some of the animation, the green screen did not age well at mm. all in this film. Mm-hmm. For um, parts. So, like when. Um, the two ladies the are, are trying to like blow up the, the machine they come up okay. out of the sewer yeah like it's very clearly like it's a green screen and it's it's kind of awkwardly matched mm. together mm-hmm. and um i checked it because I, I watched it originally streaming and i was like well mm-hmm. maybe that they upgraded the, the compression or something they yeah, did yeah. remake it and uh, they they um not remake it what remaster it yeah so oh. the, there are two different versions out there Oh, I watched the DVD that was released in the nice coded box. Yeah, set? that was before the remaster. Okay, yeah, when yeah, they went but... to 4K, they remastered it a little. Oh, okay. So neat. But they, but when they, sorry, I was about to say it's not just the 4K, but they were the Blu-rays and everything when they released it at the same time was remastered. So, huh? Well, it depends on what version. And it was the same awkwardness that scene. It's just like oh, okay. It's just there, there's a weird disconnect there, and the mm-hmm. other like green screen scenes are like mm, that's that's not as nice as it could as as I recall it being years ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the, some of the fight scenes, like when it was practical fight scenes, it was it was lit. It was great. Yes, yeah. like like when Neo does the the final mega punch on on uh yeah the rubber Smith. face. Yeah, I mean it's just a. I mean you're like, what am I watching? It's like a Looney Tunes virtual fighter cutscene or something like that. No, it's slow mo guys on YouTube. Yeah. It's exactly like that. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. There were some times where they got rubbery, especially especially when they were flying. Like, well, it, yeah, yes, in the Matrix, yeah. you have to um, change your construct, like we were talking to, but to a more rubbery surface <laughs> to handle the the air pressure <laughs> of the Matrix. <laughs> Okay, yeah. He yeah. would be great at this fight scene right now. Yeah. Oh <laughs> Clay fighters. Somebody to redo this with Gumby now. Oh my gosh. That's what that fight scene even felt like the entire Yeah. Have you guys seen this is more like reloaded, but you mentioned seeing it redone with Gumby. Have you guys seen the uh Mario Super Mario Brothers? Yes, I was uh, hoping you'd say Mario because I love that scene. It's the where Matrix the- Reload, the Burly Brawl, where Neo's find all the Agent Smiths. It's but redone it's all- with Mario versus a bunch of Luigi's. Yeah, it's so great. I haven't seen that. That's funny. Yeah, it's it's fun. Um, but yeah, I I agree with you. Did you were you done, Dallas, or did you have more to say about that? Just the the some of the graphics in age well, and then mm-hmm. like what Paul said in the last episode of of Retro Rewind, um, it it's like that they went downgraded when some fight scenes when they go to slow motion and everything it just got yeah. super rubbery and it, it didn't make sense to mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. i i i'll piggyback off that one Dallas, with my tragic maker because i felt like the final neo smith fight it had great moments especially when it was like inside and out of the rain and they're actually fighting fighting yes. it, it was great but when it was outside for the most part i just i like when than, they combined and then all of a sudden this bubble yes, of air that was out. cool yeah but that was just single punches that wasn't actually choreography that was yeah. just like one cool punch and then the only other part of being outside I liked was when Neo flew around and the lightning sort of spl- like lit right behind him as he went in for the charge. I thought that was really cool. Yeah. And Agent Smith with the lightning as he conquers Neo was was cool. But I I yeah I just would have preferred a more like like the fight in the first one in the train station. I thought that was just great and fantastic but and it, kinetic, and again, I, I lost it in this. Why are they fighting? Neo knows already. She just go in Asian Smith. Yes, I know. Right. Paul. Which leads to my <laughs> why, Mr. Anderson? Why? Yes. <laughs> the ending yeah. of this film doesn't make sense to me. All right, now oh. you, maybe you can explain it to me, uh-huh. but I do not get the end. Okay, okay, so this is how I understand, and please correct me where I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Agent Smith has been quote unquote freed. That's why he gives the earpiece to neo in reloaded to say hey mm-hmm. i freed myself from the matrix they are no longer controlling me yes mm-hmm. so far yeah. we're on the right track okay mm-hmm. so in order for the computers or the machines in order for them they they want to regain control of the matrix of, no of agent smith or at least stop him from 
causing chaos? Is that they? Is that correct? Here's my understanding. So, oh, and okay. So in order to do that, they plug into Neo. Uh huh. And so that Neo can be in the Matrix with Agent Smith, and because they're plugged in, as soon as Agent Smith like copies himself onto Neo, then the machines have access to his to Agent Smith's coding, and they can stop him. That's um, my thinking. Yes, I think that's what it is. Oh, yes. All right. So Francisco <clears throat> agrees. What were you saying, Dallas? It's it's kind of like Neo becomes a Trojan horse virus. Okay, so my question is, the Trojan horse, yeah. why can't anybody that's plugged into the Matrix already carry that Trojan virus in there? Why does it have to be Neo at that moment? I, I have I have a thing, right? I, okay. I think I understand what you're saying, Paul, right? Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. The reason it has to be Neo is because when Morpheus took Neo out of the Matrix in the first movie, right? Okay. Okay. The, the code became unbalanced like or actually not even when morpheus took him out um uh when morpheus took him out right the one's code no longer exists in the matrix right what then oh, when yeah. neo starts yeah. doing all his his stuff right and believes he's the one right and starts changing code right that's okay. when the equations like whoa we don't have the one anymore we can't balance this so it creates so smith becomes a thing Right. That's how he's freed. Um, I thought he was freed just by whatever Neo jumping into him. Like well, Neo doing that him. causes his the code to figure a way to balance it and free Smith. It's like, OK, if there's this super free entity, we free this one to okay. fight it. Um, so the fact that Neo's no longer in the Matrix, like plugged in, like full on plugged in, like how the machines had him originally, means okay. they can't access his code anymore at all. Okay, they can't they access the one code back up somewhere. <laughs> yeah, again, because this is kind of what I was saying in the other episode we did, right? Is mm -hmm. because he, um, this is my theory, is. Um, the code doesn't exist until Neo writes it. The person writes it, and by making choices. Uh huh. That makes sense. So, so he's in the. So the machines mm -hmm. need Neo to transfer mm -hmm. their virus. He he. They need him to put his code back into the Matrix for well, them to control it. But anytime he enters the Matrix, then that's there. No, because he's not actually. In the plugged matrix, in. he's not plugged yeah, into the matrix. They're just broadcasting the the hack signal into the matrix. Exactly, that's him plugging yeah. in. No, it's not. It's not because there's like there's what it's Wi-Fi versus hardline versus Ethernet. Either way, you're getting your email through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's there's no like I don't know how to describe it. A cloud device and be on your hard drive itself. Yeah, you're on your hard drive, and you have your information there. You can access the cloud and pull extra information from your desktop, but it's not on your computer. It's on the cloud. So once you can, so copy and paste it. Like, oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> I don't understand. I I don't un And this movie does not explain well why it's it needs to be Neo and not just anybody else. Okay. So that's my my I tragic mean, maker. So this I think whole I, thing builds up, and it doesn't explain. <laughs> the I reason think, why i think i'm Be following what Kitos is trying to say and i think i would need to come up with an, a better allegory or a visual way to describe what he's saying in order to explain it to you paul so mm. i'm going to explain a different route and say another possibility to as to why it has to be neo is going back to what we we're making mention of in the last episode in that i forget the spiritual speculation or the core episode but i think there's something about when smith uh uh, transmutates or whatever you want to call it, creates a, a copy of himself into someone that is plugged into the matrix. Whenever that happens, it interrupts the the ability for the um, for the the overlord, the architect or the overlords of the matrix, whoever it is, uh, to be able to see that signal of that person. So it get, cuts off immediately, so you can't get into it. But something about the one. Uh, Neo has some property that because he's able to fight off that, 
he's able to fight off that virus. Like he, we should see that in Reloaded, how uh, Agent Smith tries to assimilate him, but it doesn't work. Right. Because he has that property, he's able to then um, maybe hold it off in his core enough for the mutation to take over, but then for the the Trojan horse to go through and spread throughout all the Agent Smiths. I can see that that doesn't make any more sense, but that is my best shot. <laughs> yeah. I can I can see where there's there's a faint light at the end of that long windy tunnel, but okay. I don't understand how to get there based on okay. what I've seen in the movie. So That's uh, totally fair. Yeah. 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 Um so that but Wait, so I lost track of whose tragic maker that was. Actually. That was mine. That was Paul's. Yeah. Paul's. It doesn't. This movie continues not to make sense, especially the ending, the whole climax. All right. This movie, because he's obviously referring to the first, uh, the second movie. <laughs> yes, continues like you said. It, oh my it's gosh! A serial. It's yeah. a serialized. <sighs> well, Cereal. then that leaves uh, Kitos, I believe. What is your yeah. tragic maker for Matrix Revolutions? So actually, mine is the same as Paul's. Um, yeah. yeah, no, I, I honestly, after rewatching this movie, right? Um, I mean, obviously, there could be some things I'm not getting right from the ending because there's a lot of symbolism and everything, right? right. But like on Jesus a logical, on a logical standpoint, honestly, I'm not so sure that the movie does a great job explaining what's actually happening right um yeah. like like yeah you can make leaps and in in and guesses as to what's happening but right. the movie never really explains it it just happens and right. so that one i'm not really sure uh uh uh, this one, I'm not really sure, does does such a good job of like grounding itself, mm, yeah. like the mm -hmm. others did, like the other two movies. Which, yeah, I'm sorry, sorry. Um, yeah, no. Which kind of makes me very curious. Like rewatching this, I can now see why maybe they actually want to do another movie, a fourth one. <laughs> because wait, there's, wait, there's let us lot... explain. <laughs> <laughs> there kind of is a lot of stuff that never really got resolved or understood or right. like really. Um, and it's fine if movies like leave things to the imagination, but, but yeah. this just made the leaps in logical it's, it's too much knowledge. Too much yeah. 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 That's fair. Yeah. That's fair, guys. One of the geniuses of the film franchise is the fact that you the story continues in other mediums. We talked about the Animatrix mm -hmm. uh, episode. You guys brought up the uh, intro. Enter the Matrix. Yep. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. The comic book. There was a movie. There was actually a game that takes place after this movie, also. Oh yeah, yeah. That um, um, has a lot of stuff that takes place. And wasn't there an MMO also? That's that's the game I was talking about. It takes oh, okay. place after this movie's over. Mm -hmm. And um, the and there's this little storyline actually where Morpheus dies in that, which is part of the that's some of the oh is that why theory. he's not back? Well, that's the ah! thing is people are, are curious about that if that's what they're doing or not. Mm -hmm. But um, mm -hmm. all these extra sources, you almost have to become a a connoisseur and and take in every bit of this in order yeah. to really get the full grasp of everything. And I think that's a it was a genius move, but at the same time, it's just too much for people to take in. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. you only get to get the hardcore of the hardcore, yeah. and yeah, I could see that. I, yeah. I I don't know what what it is for whatever reason. It makes sense in my head how it could happen, Paul, but I can't make sense. I can't articulate it. So maybe because I just you are and, in the Matrix, for instance. <laughs> is that why? Okay, that's because you're um, a program. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I yeah, I can't explain it. Um, Paul and Kitos, uh, but I just sort of have a sense of what they're going for and why it makes sense. But yeah, I, yeah, I, I yeah. appreciate that it, it would be a tragic maker for you guys because I have trouble mm -hmm. uh, articulating it. And so I would under I appreciate the misunderstanding of it. Regardless, we've entered all our trajectories into the firing computer. Alice, you have a firing solution for us. Firing solution complete. Salvo at the ready on your mark. Is she a program? Where did she get Salvo authority from? From me. 
Alrighty, guys, oh. time for the moment of truth with The Matrix Revolutions. Do we rate it a classic? We'd recommend anyone go see this movie, whether or not they've seen it before. Again, stipulating that you have to have seen Matrix Reloaded because it's a serializing episode. He doesn't say it on its own. <laughs> see, I told you your program. You even sound like one. <laughs> oh, thanks for thanks for being okay with my dig at you uh, there, Dallas. Um, do we rate it a nostalgic? It's worth anyone. It's not worth your time if you haven't seen it before. But if you have seen it before as a maybe a kid or a young adult, it'd be worth uh, watching again. Or is it a tragic? It's not worth anyone's time, whether or not you've seen it before. Let's start with. Uh, I'm going to start with Paul this time. I know that's uncalled for. Oh, wait. Oh, yeah. You were no, waiting. No, no, it's fine. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. You, by this point, you should have a decision. Yes. So I yeah. will start with you. Okay. But as a fan of, I really like the Matrix movie and the stories as a whole. And this provides, mm -hmm. I think it provides um, a decent enough ending, even though I don't understand it. Um, mm -hmm. But if you want to see some sort of resolution, is what it should be called, but maybe not because it doesn't really fully resolve it. Anyway, I'm going to call it <laughs> nostalgic, but it's barely a nostalgic. O okay. Only if you enjoyed the Matrix movies and you want to see the story continue. If not, that th I would leave this one alone. All right. Totally fair. So nostalgic from Paul, which with after a nostalgic prediction, uh, Dallas, you predicted nostalgic as well. What was for your final reign? Uh I wanted to like it more than the nostalgia because like, mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of the franchise. I yeah. Love, I love the first Matrix. Yeah. I went back to the uh, Retro Rewind podcast and we all rated a, a, a unanimous our classic. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, um, but I mean, there were so many portions that were just so, like, it took me out. There were, yeah. I almost fell asleep during a few of the scenes. I'm like, really? Oh my gosh. Constant whispering. If I could do three tragic makers of our, Things. The constant whispering was driving me nuts. Huh, I don't remember them whispering, but okay. Most of the movie, they're whispering. Mostly because they're hiding from the Sentinels. Shh, the uh. machines. <laughs> Let them hear you! <laughs> going to... Um, I'm going to give it a... Uh, keep it nostalgic, but like Paul, All right. barely nostalgic. Like, yeah. okay. I want to go over that fence with you, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> Series. Yep. That's right, Dallas. Alone. Yeah. All right. Okay. So nostalgic. Uh, Kitos, you also predicted nostalgic. Did it end up in that or did it change for you? Honestly, this was a really difficult one for me to decide. Like, it's on the line of classic and nostalgic. Mm -hmm. Um and if if I had to just think about it, non, you know, just the movie by itself doesn't yeah. really hold up, you know, mm -hmm. forget the whole trilogy, all that stuff. Does the movie itself hold up? Mm -hmm. uh, I would say, if anything, it's definitely nostalgic. All right. Um, okay. But honestly, I'm such a fan of the Matrix, the world, the everything. <laughs> I, I'm going to give it a classic. Oh. I, I, all right. All right. Classic for you. Yeah, agrees. It doesn't stand on its own. Yeah, it's not supposed to stand on its own. <laughs> hey, is Money Python and the Holy Grail supposed to get out of here, Paul? <laughs> <sighs> okay. Um, for me, I mean, I, I just, I really enjoyed the whole movie. I, except for the some of the fight choreography. I just, I really enjoyed it. it. It made sense to me. Like I said, I don't know how to articulate why it made sense, but it did. So I'm going to give it a classic, guys. I just, wow. I really, I enjoyed it. Uh -oh, so you know we are at a draw. So we're going to go to our Rewind Republic, our patron supporters at the $5 level, and find out how they vote or how they rate the Matrix Revolutions. Francisco from the future, what do they say? <laughs> Yes, it is I, Francisco from the future. And with an overall reign of classic from our patrons in the Rewind Republic, the Retro Rewind podcast rates The Matrix Revolutions a disputed classic film. We recommend anyone go see this. Yes, you probably have to see uh, Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix before this, but overall, we rate The Matrix Revolutions a classic film worth anyone's time to go and see today. All right, now back to Francisco and crew from the past. 
Really? Okay. Well, Are you I mean, kidding me? Oh, <laughs> I, I guess. All I right, wanted. Fine. All right, fine. Well, maybe I should have changed my vote anyway. You oh, can't. Well. You can't win them all, or can you? Uh, well, thank you so much, uh, uh, our reflex capacitors, for uh, for your votes. And now that we have a final rain, it's time to get back to our own time. Good old twenty XX. Twenty XX. Uh, feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 2003 to begin with if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Jared Holzhauer, Deborah Powers, Brian Keane, Patrick Hicks, LJ Lowry, Chris Cowan, Chris Owens, Geek Devotions. Oh, you're oh. right here. Yeah. The Untold Podcast, James Kennison, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Cronenbitter, Pastor Deucen, Kenneth and Redeemed Otaku, That's Our Baba, Josh Adams, Dee Tungsten, Andy Lewis, Jeff, The Dapper Man Reviews, Tony of the Retro Days, Mr. Lost, and Daryl Hafner, in addition to 10 other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so, so much for keeping the gigawatts coming. And if you want to help us keep flying for as little as $1 a month and get bonus content for your generosity, head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to grow to help us grow via Patreon, subscribe star or PayPal. This stream is sponsored by PaulJPowers.com. And while we're thanking our supporters, we also want to give a, a big Matrix virtual hug that doesn't have a virus in it to our <laughs> guests for supporting us with their thoughts about Matrix revolutions. <laughs> so we'd like to go in alphabetical order. So we'll start with Dallas. Where can people find you online? Or is, is there anything cool you got going on that uh, people should know about? Yeah. And have you ever covered the Matrix on Geek Devotions? We were wondering about, I was wondering about that last time. Yeah, actually, we did a whole month of Matrix content back. Nice. Oh, so this is all reruns. <laughs> <laughs> What's a rerun? <laughs> You'll find out when you're older. <laughs> but yeah, uh, geekdevotions.com is our website. And what we do is we release a, a weekly devotional on YouTube uh, that's based off of geek culture. Our whole mission in life is to uh, let people know they're loved. Our our catch, our our I guess our catchphrase is uh, devoted geeks are devoted to let people know they're loved. Mm-hmm. Do that, do that through geek culture, and uh, so we create uh, weekly videos on YouTube. We do Bible studies on Facebook. We do live streams on Twitch. Um, we have a podcast called Calm Talk by Geek Devotions, where we talk about general geekery, all kinds of stuff. And then also, we just launched another podcast uh, with a separate RSS feed called The Bottom Shelf. Where we uh, review terrible movies, and uh, our catch line is that we watch terrible movies, so you don't have to. And um, would this be one of them? No, he rated nostalgic. Stop it! All right. I mean, if you middle shelf, maybe. But anyway, uh, <laughs> oh my gosh, we uh, but we were we've reviewed movies for like Plan Nine from Outer Space, uh, Last Avatar. Uh, I'm sorry, Last Airbender, and um, what was the most recent one? Oh, the original Dune. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, and you're, you rate them as like top shelf, right? That they're, they're worth your time. Right. Middle shelf. I forget what you say for middle shelf. What'd you say? Yeah, they're, they're not as terrible as people say, but they're not, they're not good. And uh-huh. the bottom shelf, like, yeah. Oh yeah. This is bad. And then, now, then absolute trash. We put it in a fire pit and we burn it. Gotcha. Um, I'm curious. Have, have you thought about how, isn't, I mean, you worked at Hollywood video. I've heard. Um, isn't middle shelf actually the prime real estate because that's more eyeline than top shelf would be? Well, it depends on what shelves you were looking at. Um, I, my Hollywood that I worked at, we had shorter shelves, so uh-huh. it was actually the top shelf. Okay, well, what if you have t- higher shelves? What if you're a, a little person? What if you're a little person? Uh, well, then um, you get your friends to put you on your <laughs> shoulders and you act like an adult. <laughs> wow. <For> that <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, isn't that Muppet Man? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's a terrible joke. I apologize. But no, for us, um, if, if I didn't come up with the rating system, actually. This is more of my way I do with Geek Devotions. I try to empower my team to do stuff mm-hmm. and let them create what they want to create uh, with okay. lines and boundaries. Mm-hmm. So this was the brainchild of one of my guys, um, John Harju. Mm. Like, strangers, all kinds of Yep. And yep, yep. Kevin, the Dapper Man, who does a whole YouTube channel of reviews. And so. Let's make it happen, guys. Let's have fun. And uh, that's a lot of what I try to do also with my team is I empower them to do their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Very cool. Hey, and Kethos, wake up. We didn't forget about you. <laughs> <laughs> how, can, how can people find you online? And is there anything cool you got going on people should know well, about? 
Well, first they have to jack into the Matrix, and then oh, you know. Wow. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, no, uh, so I I run a um a uh, tech support business. Um, so if you need technical support, um, ca- uh, consulting on anything technology related, um, I can help you with that. Just go to my website, which is um, uh, techsupport.online. It's T E Q S U P P O R T dot online. Um, or you can find me on Twitter at cool deluxe Q O O L D E L U X X. So what if I have created this, uh, virtual reality system and like I have this, and I have this, uh, a person, let's call him an agent. And mm-hmm. he decides to go against my programming, and he's replicating himself. Can I call you like for clue. help? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, I, will, yeah. I, will, I will get you in t- contact with the source. <laughs> Fantastic. And you'll have to give your life <laughs> to reintegrate <laughs> into the code. End of line. <laughs> Talk about the new meta. Oh yes. my gosh! Can we let's move on? Uh, <laughs> but thank you so so much, Dallas and Kitos, for uh, taking the time to be a part of the show. It is awesome having you both on, uh, and thank you for you listening right now. Uh, whether this is your first time listening to the Retro Rewind podcast or you're a part of our Rad Rewinder community, um, you all who watch us live every week, or whether we're recording this podcast or playing retro games, you're all an amazing group of people helping sustain the pod. But if you are looking for ways to get involved in growing this Retro Rewind endeavor, <clears throat> reach out. Wow. Reach out to us on social media where we are at Retro Rewind Pod pretty much everywhere. Uh, you could buy some of our merch. You could leave us a review on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, you could become a monthly patron, like we mentioned before, or simply just share your favorite episode of the podcast. That's free to everyone. You just share your favorite episode of the podcast with a friend so that more people can enjoy the content of the Retro Rewind Pod. The past the flesh and see your enemy. You've been listening to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash 239, our review of The Matrix Revolutions. With me as your XO, PaulJPowers.com. You can find me online and all my social social media links at the meta, maybe, but really at PaulJPowers.com. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you for being an amazing friend, Paul, fellow a conqueror of the Agent Smith with me. It's been yes, another Mr. Awesome... Andrew. I mean, yes, Captain. <laughs> it's been another awesome voyage with you, Paul. I have been and continue to be the captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, maybe the architect of the pod, too. Uh, find me on Twitter at FXRetro underscore, especially if you need pixel art work commissioned. This podcast is a proud member of Culture Box, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. But did you know we are also part of the Culture Box Media Network? You can what? find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. With that, Captain, we are on final approach to uh, the dock where the machines are hopefully not uh, trying to kill us. Are we going to get there just in time? Hopefully they'll open the gates for us, you think? Yeah, but well, we have an EMP that can destroy everything. Well, perfect. That's they—they they must need us. Yeah. Well, thank you, EXO, and thank you for listening. We pray you are more joyful now than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we gotta catch you all for our next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Retro Rewind mission complete. Proceed to Nap Point Omega and return to base. Everything that has a beginning has an end.